Welcome to Way Back When, and a very good evening to all of you. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Way Back When, episode four, looking at 1973. My name is Ben, and I'll be taking you through some of the best music from 1973 over the next hour. As well, we're going to talk a little bit about some student life interesting facts and some events that happened around the University and Armidale from 1973. Now, sadly, I was unable to have anybody join us via Zoom uh, yesterday. I was unable to get anybody to do a bit of an interview, so we're just going to be relying on some... Uh, facts from throughout history thanks to uh, sources such as the Nucleus magazine and other historical uh, records and as well we've got our wonderful music to keep us company. So first up we have a song that is not quite a one-hit wonder given that the two artists became very successful but a song that has more become famous not for the lyrics but rather for the dance. That's right, we have Nutbush City Limits coming up first by Ike and Tina Turner. It is, of course, um, it was uh, very positively received upon release. It charted extremely well. In fact, it even reached as high as 14 here in Australia, which is interesting given that Australia would be the uh, country that made the Nutbush dance so famous. It reached number one on the Austrian charts and it reached number 25 on the US record World R&B Singles. It's a very, very famous song and whether you think it is a good song or a bad song, we cannot deny it is one of the epitomes of the 1970s dance periods and disco periods rather so all of you at home you feel free to dance along i will most assuredly not be joining in here in the studio but here is nutbush city limits by ike turner and tina turner you're listening to way back when here on tuna fm 106.9 UNE's student powered radio
That was the infectious Nutbush City Limits by Ike and Tina Turner. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, and this is Way Back When. Well, we shift now to a different genre and a very famous artist, Elton John. Elton John, of course, a wonderful, wonderful artist who was in the middle of completing his yellow, farewell Yellow Brick Road tour, his farewell uh, concert, his farewell tour when uh, all of this nasty business hit. But 1973, and in fact the early 70s in general, were a very good year. Was a were very good years for Elton. John. He had several fantastic hits. He had several smash hits, in fact. And this one we're going to play from 1973 coming up next is none other than Crocodile Rock, which actually has a bit of a connection to Australia. The song Crocodile Rock was generally inspired by Elton John's discovery of the band Daddy Cool, which is, of course, an Australian band, and then massive smash hit single Eagle Rock, which was the most successful Australian single of the early 1970s, with over a million units sold. It also remained at number one for a record of 10 weeks. When Elton John heard the song, on his 1972 tour of Australia, funnily enough, he was greatly impressed by it. In fact, the uh, album packaging features John's lyricist, Bernie Taupin, wearing a Daddy Who promotional badge. It's a rather fascinating little connection to Australia, and it was a very successful song, of course, here in Australia. It made number two on the charts, the weekly charts, that is, number fifth, in fact, on the year-end charts in Australia for 73. It would also reach number it would reach number 1 on the Cana- on the Canada charts, the Italian charts, the New Zealand charts, as well as the UK as well as the Switzerland charts and the Billboard Hot 100 over in America. It was an extremely successful song and one of Elton John's uh, best known. Of course, he's had so many hits, it is sort of hard to pick which are the best of the very best. But this is certainly one of them. So please enjoy Crocodile Rock coming up next on TuneFM 106.9. You're listening to Way Back When here on UNE's Student Powered Radio.
That was Crocodile Rock by Elton John here on Way Back When on Tune FM 106.9, UNE student-powered radio. Coming up next, we are, of course, going to have another hit song from 1973. However, we are going to point out a little bit of an interesting happenstance in UNE's history first. So some of you who were here at UNE in 2009 may remember that one of the world's leading mathematicians, Professor Norman Dancer, was presented with the honorary degree of Doctor of Science during a special UNE graduation ceremony on Friday, uh, back in 2009, of course, on Friday the 9th of October. Professor Dancer is a fellow of the Australian Academy of Science, and earlier in 2009 he was actually awarded the Academy's Hanan Medal in recognition of his achievements in pure mathematics. He is an absolute genius and in a, a world leader in his field, obviously, but his connection to UNE actually runs deeper than just a graduation ceremony. He actually taught at UNE for 20 years, and he began his teaching career at UNE in 1973, receiving his own personal chair in 1987, and since 1993, as a professor of mathematics at the University of Sydney, he has in fact maintained a high level of research collaboration with UNE mathematicians. So we'd like to send out a little bit of a shout out to Professor Norman Dancer. Thank you so much for teaching at UNE for 20 years. So this next song will actually be sort of dedicated to him in a way, photographed by Ringo Starr. Photograph is a song by English musician Ringo Starr that was released at, as the lead single from his 1973 album simply called Ringo. The song was co-wrote with George Harrison, his former bandmate from the Beatles obviously, and is the only song officially credited to the pair of them. It became an absolute smash international hit, topping the charts in the United States, Canada and here in Australia, and in fact received gold certification for US sales of more than 1 million units. Music critics have uh, acclaimed the song, it has been labelled the best song by any of the Beatles post the Beatles career, and it appeared on many best of compilations of Ringo Starr. It is generally considered to be a reflection on lost love, and where uh, Photograph, the photograph from the title, is the only reminder of the uh, individual's past. It is a rather poignant song, and it's certainly one that is a smash hit. You may recognise it when you hear it, if it is not ringing any bells for you. We're going to play it for you right now. Way back when, here on Shin FM 106.9, you're listening to UNE Student Powered Radio, and here is Photograph by Ringo Starr.
That was Photograph by Ringo Starr, arguably Ringo Starr's biggest hit in his post-Beatles career. You're listening to Way Back When here on Tune FM 106.9. Interestingly enough, before when I was giving a bit of information about the song Photograph, I neglected to mention that Ringo keeps it in his live set even today, which is absolutely tremendous. Coming up next, we move from a song that has a bit more of a melancholic uh, lyrical theme to one that's more upbeat and happy. We move to the glam rock, glitter rock sort of era of the UK band The Sweet. The Sweet, of course, epitomised are glam rock and uh, glitter rock. Uh, unfortunately, the song Ballroom Blitz did not, in fact, come out in 1973. Otherwise, we would absolutely have that included as well. We are, and I am, in fact, referring to Little Willie. Now, Little Willie is a song written by the songwriters of the band Nikki Chin and Mike Chapman. Excuse me. And it was released off of their album, The Sweet. It became the biggest hit in the US, reaching number third on the US Billboard Hot 100. And Billboard would later rank it as the number 18 song for 1973, which is pretty spectacular. It became a chart topper in Germany, Canada and Denmark. It reached number four in their native UK and it only reached number 65 in Australia. It wasn't exactly uh, well received uh, here, excuse me, on Australia. Now... Oh, do excuse me. I do apologise. Um, sorry about that. We just had a little bit of a techno glitch here, but it's all right. I have managed to fix it up. So yes, Little Willie actually, um, if you believe the anecdotes about it, the history goes that the song was in fact written about a cat that would hang out with the band when they were practising in their garage while um, up into the early hours of the morning. A cat they quickly became fond of, uh, presumably named Willie, and the song was written about them, which I think is actually quite wonderful. On a personal note, it's actually a song I'm quite a big fan of because I have a brother whose name happens to be William, who we would tease a lot when he was younger by playing this song um, as just a silly little thing that uh, brothers do. It's a rather amusing song, and it very much does epitomise, just as uh, Nutbush City Limits did, it epitomises the glam disco rock that would become very prevalent in the 70s before music took a bit more of a weird turn into the 80s music that, of course, we all know and love. Here is Little Willie by The Sweet, coming up next on Way Back When. You're listening to Tune FM here on 106.9, UNE's student-powered radio. Don't care at all He 
was Little Willie by The Sweet, a very good little earworm. You're listening to Tune FM here on 106.9, and this is Way Back When. We are going to reveal another wonderful song from 1973, a rather infamous song from 73, in fact. Before that, though, I'm going to tell you a little bit of an interesting story about one of UNE's alumni. So John Coughlin was a student here at UNE who graduated in 1973, of course, this wonderful year, and he moved to Sydney to pursue his career. Interestingly enough, the reason that we're talking about him is because he was studying a Bachelor of Economics at UNE and attended Wright College. On the weekends, he played inter-college cricket, where he became friends with students from other colleges. This is where the story starts to take off. When he moved to Sydney to pursue his career after his 1973 graduation, he found that many of his UNE friends were doing the same thing. So he met up with a fellow UNE graduate, Mike Muldoon, and they actually devised a plan to start their own cricket team. They rounded up some UNE friends and started an started the UNEX, otherwise known as XUNE, cricket team and played every Saturday in the competition down in the northern suburbs. Interestingly enough, they would uh, save a lot of money by replacing registered players with simple fill-ins by playing students under a registered player's name, which was rather uh, interesting. In 76, uh, due to work commitments, lack of time and general family life, UNEX would retire from the competition and the withdrawal of the team, however, did not affect the friendships that were built through it and they all remained close friends until they actually started an over-60s cricket team 33 years later, which is rather remarkable. The team would play all over the country and indeed made the hop over the ditch and also played in New Zealand. And generally they um, won more often than they lost, which was rather spectacular. Although Mr. Coughlin himself says it was more about camaraderie and the friendships built along the way than the competition. In 2016, unfortunately, Cricket New South Wales enforced a rule that would see only state-based teams permitted to compete in the national over-60s championships. And although many of the UNEX players would qualify for the New South Wales team, Mr Coughlin was quoted as saying, The concept of playing with mates overrode the desire to be successful. Despite the sad fact that UNEX could no longer play in the national competition, they continued playing at yearly carnivals all across the country. It is rather spectacular, and we salute you, John Coughlin, for your amazing story. So coming up next on Way Back When, now that we've had a little bit of a discussion about one of our amazing graduates from 1973, a song from 1973 by the rock band Alice Cooper. I make no uh, I make no secret about it. I am an absolute massive Alice Cooper fan. And this song, No More Mr. Nice Guy, comes from the 1973 album Billion Dollar Babies, back when the Alice Cooper band was still the original band before they would all go their separate rays, and frontman uh, Vincent Frenier would take on the Alice Cooper name. The song was written about the reactions of Alice of Alice Cooper's mother's church group, funnily enough, about his stage performances and the characters he tended to play on stage. It was rather amusing. It became one of Alice Cooper's signature hits. It still makes his live set list today, and it was a fairly successful song as well, reaching number 25th in the US Billboard Hot 100. It's one of the uh, most recognisable songs of Alice Cooper's career, besides, of course, Poison and School's Out. Do not worry, we will get to Poison later in the... uh, Uh, in the show's uh, planned episodes down the track. But for now, please enjoy No More Mr. Nice Guy by Alice Cooper. You're listening to Tune FM here on 106.9, and this is Way Back When.
that was the Alice Cooper hit, No More Mr. Nice Guy, here on Way Back When. You're listening to Tune FM here on 106.9 UNE Student Powered Radio. We move on now to a song that was in fact the lead single from an album that some consider to be the greatest of all time. A rather interesting uh, and rather large uh, build up there, but the song in question is Money by Pink Floyd. Of course, English uh, rock band Pink Floyd released The Dark Side of the Moon, an album that, uh, The Dark Side of the Moon, sorry, an album that many people consider to be their magnum opus in 1973, and Money was the lead single. It ha- it was unusual in the sense that its, un- uh, that its time signature was rather strange, being a 7-4 time signature, and the tape loop of money-related sound effects, such as a jingle of coins and a cash register, only uh, added to its rather uniqueness. So it is an incredibly uh, interesting song and one that uh, Ro- Roger Waters and David Gilmour are quite proud of. It was the, as I get, as I said, the lead so- single off of the album The Dark Side of the Moon, and it was a regular feature on most of Pink Floyd's set lists from this time period. And indeed, Gilmour would play the song regularly during his Rattle That Lock tour in 2015 and 2016. Rather interestingly enough, though, even though the single was not a big charting hit. It was certainly successful, reaching number 10 in Cashbox magazine and number 13 on the Billboard Hot 100. The actual uh, success when it comes to this album is definitely the album itself. The Dark Side of the Moon, uh, reaching only 43 minutes in length, was an absolute incredible hit, reaching number one on the US Billboard's top LPs, uh, now known as the Billboard 200, and charted for over 950 weeks in total, which is absolutely incredible. It has an estimated sale of over 45 million copies and is one of the best-selling albums worldwide and really helped kick off Pink Floyd's uh, international success and career. It is, uh, like I said, arguably one of, if not the best albums of all time, and definitely one of Pink Floyd's uh, biggest hits they would experience. It, it, it is an incredible album, and we're going to play you the lead single right now, Money by Pink Floyd, coming up now on Way Back When. You're listening to Tune FM on 106.9, UNE's student-powered radio.
That was Money by Pink Floyd, and you're listening to 106.9 Tune FM on Way Back When. Money, of course, the lead single from their big smash hit album, Dark Side of the Moon. Now, we've had a few rock songs being played tonight, and indeed 1973 was a fairly good year for rock songs, and indeed we will come back to this genre before the end of the show, but we're going to take a bit of a turn now to a folky, sort of rocky gospel song, in fact. And I'm referring, of course, to Knockin' on Heaven's Door by Bob Dylan, which was, in fact, written for the soundtrack of the 1973 film Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. It was released as a single two months after the film's release and became a worldwide hit, reaching the top ten in several countries, including Australia, Canada, Ireland and the US. Interestingly enough, it was a uh, silver uh, certified hit, uh, selling over 200,000 units in the United Kingdom, so it was certified silver in the United Kingdom. It was uh, thrust into the limelight once again when Guns N' Roses would release their famous cover version, uh, but the original by Bob Dylan still is regarded a fantastic song, indeed a very good uh, gospel song. The song only features two verses. It is a very quick song, clocking in at 2 minutes and 29 seconds. Two verses, each of which represent the film's title characters and American Frontier uh, legend Pat Garrett and of course Billy the Kid. I certainly hope that you enjoy it and I hope that uh, you can appreciate the lyrics for what they are despite being about like I said well Billy the Kid certainly not one of the more pleasant individuals but that being said I still hope that you enjoy it. Here is Knockin' on Heaven's Door by Bob Dylan coming up next on Way Back When. You're listening to Tune FM here on 106.9. Thank you. 
That was Knocking on Heaven's Door by Bob Dylan. Welcome back to Way Back When. Now, we move to a song that was arguably the biggest hit of this artist's career. It is a very recognisable song and one of the biggest hits of 1973. It is such a powerful song lyrically and musically. I'm actually not going to give you any information about it. We'll talk a little bit more about it um, when you hear it and and after the song plays. I will, however, tell you that it was a fairly big success. It reached number 10 on the Canadian charts, 20 on the Australian charts and 25th on the US Billboard Hot 100 charts but it has since been regarded as one of the best songs of this artist's career so I will speak with you again when it plays but for now please just enjoy uh, one of the more poignant songs that I have personally heard Piano Man by Billy Joel coming up next on Way Back When. David, 
was still in the Navy and probably will be for life. That was Piano Man by Billy Joel here on Way Back When. And like I said before, I didn't want to sort of talk too much about it before the song actually played because I think that lyrically and musically, in fact, it is one of the more powerful and poignant songs of 1973 uh, for sure. So Piano Man was actually um, written uh, by the perspective of real people. Joel has stated that the characters depicted in the song were completely based on real individuals. And John at the bar, quote-unquote, was actually the bartender who worked during Joel's shift at the piano bar. Of course, um, it is uh, gen- it is written from his point of view as a piano player at a bar, and he's reminiscing about his experiences there and the people he encountered. Of course, this was as a lounge musician from 72 to 73. It became uh, his first major hit and his signature song. Of course, most people know, know excuse me, Billy Joel for quite a number of songs, Piano Man, Piano Man being right up there with We Didn't Start the Fire, of course. It was a, like I said, not so much a big charting hit at the time in terms of it didn't really make number one in too many 
countries, but it has since been regarded as an incredibly amazing song. And in fact, in 2016, the Library of Congress selected Piano Man for preservation in the National Recording Registry for its cultural, historic, or artistic significance, which is absolutely amazing. And it became a highlight of Billy Joel's live shows where he normally would allow the audience to sing the chorus. It was an absolutely incredible song. So we move now to a song that is again off of another soundtrack, excuse me. It is Live and Let Die, of course, the theme song of the 1973 James Bond film of the same name, performed by the British-American rock band Wings and written by Paul McCartney and his wife Linda McCartney. Of course, just for those of you who might be uh, curious, the uh, James Bond in Live and, Let Die, Live and Let Die was Roger Moore, just for you uh, movie buffs out there. But Live and Let Die, um, like I said, it was performed by Wings. It was, again, a fairly popular song. Um, Guns N' Roses also did a cover of it, which seems to be something they like to do a lot. It reached number one in the US Cashbox Top 100. It was number two on Canada's charts and number five here in Australia. It also released, it also became number, se- uh, number two in Norway, funnily enough. It was uh, still uh, up until this very day in fact played by Paul McCartney during his continuing live shows so we're going to play it for you right now all the way back from 1973 from James Bond himself Wings and Paul McCartney with Live and Let Die on Way Back When you're listening to Tune FM on 106.9 UNE's student powered radio When you were young and your heart was an open book You used to say ever-changing world in which we live in makes you give in and cry say live and let die
That was Live and Let Die by Wings and Paul McCartney. And welcome back to Way Back When here on Tune FM 106.9. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, we do have two more songs to play for you while we look back on the wonderful year of 1973. Before that, though, I do want to talk a little bit about something rather interesting in UNE's history, and that was the Aquarius Festival of 1973, which led to the establishment of the intentional communities of conservationists in the Tarania Creek area. It was, in fact, partially organized by the University of New England students. But what exactly is the Aquarius Festival? Well, it was actually the fourth festival in a biannual series of festivals that was originally organised by the National Union of Australian University Students, or NUAS. It was a countercultural arts and music festival, and uh, like I said, it was the fourth of uh, its kind, the first being held in Sydney in 67, the second being held in Melbourne in 69, the third heading down to Canberra in 71, before this one, the fourth and last being held in Nimbin, the one we are talking about now. It was aimed at celebrating alternative thinking and sustainable lifestyles, of course, uh, environmental impact and environmental friendly mindsets was very much at the forefront of this uh, event, something that is still very much relevant uh, today. And the 10-day event was actually held from the 12th to the 23rd of May in 1973, which is rather amazing and fantastic timing, uh, given that it is exactly 47 years to the day that this event ended. It was generally described as Australia's equivalent to Woodstock and the birthing place of Australia's hippie movement. It's also been credited for being the first event that sought the permission to use the land from traditional owners and the first ceremony of Australia's now famous and now commonplace, Welcome to Country. It was rather incredible and it had a turnout at Nimbin from between 5,000 to 10,000 people, sources of course differ. It's rather fascinating to know that UNE students actually had a bit of a hand in organising this event, given that it was so, uh, I guess, out of left field in terms of culture at the time, although being a counterculture festival, that is to be expected. It was rather pleasing, actually, personally, to hear that uh, environmental-friendly movements and lifestyles were so... Uh, important to a certain group of UNE students back at the time. So I say good on them and I salute them. And to future uh, Armadale environmentalists, we certainly have a lot to live up to. So that was a rather interesting little uh, piece of trivia from UNE's history. The 1973 Aquarius Festival has a bit of a link to UNE, and I think that is wonderful. Do excuse me. Coming up next, we have a second to last song that we're going to play for you on this Way Back When episode, looking at the best of 1973. And this time it is going to be Leonard Skinner's song, Freebird. Leonard Skinner, of course, were an amazing rock band uh, that sadly suffered a fair bit of tragedy in 1977 when, their mem- when a handful of their members and behind the scenes uh, crew were killed in a plane crash, which was absolutely god awful. Freebird remains one of the most powerful power ballads of all time and one of Leonard Skinner's biggest hits. It was included on subsequent albums and indeed a lot of best of compilations and it uh, was a very uh, well performing song in the charts. It became 13th in Ireland's charts and 21st in the UK single charts. So while it did well, not as well as some other songs that we've heard on this list but still fairly significant. It was very well received by the fans and was included in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that shaped rock and roll and it was included at number 193 in the Rolling Stones 500 greatest songs of all time. It is considered to be Leonard Skinner's Leonard Skinner, excuse me's signature song and was used as a finale during their live performance and is their longest song in fact, often going well over 14 minutes. That is not the version we'll be playing you now. We are going to be playing you a fairly truncated version, but it is still an incredible song. Here is Freebird by Lynn and Skinner coming up next on Chin FM 106.9. You're listening to Way Back When.
Tune FM, student-powered radio. That was Freebird by Leonard Skinner, an amazing rock song by an amazing rock band. Welcome back to Way Back When. Thank you so much for tuning in. It has just gone 8 o'clock, but we do have one more song to play on this wonderful little nostalgia trip back to 1973. Well, the second song that we played as a bit of a show opener, excluding Nutbush, of course, was Crocodile Rock, an Elton John song. And considering he had so many smash hits in 1973, it seemed only fair to finish the show off with another Elton John song, the aptly titled Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. This song is, of course, a ballad performed by John and the title track and second single on his 1973 album, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. The song's music was composed by Elton John, while the lyrics were written by Bernie Taupin. Its musical style was heavily influenced by soft rock of the 1970s and has been widely acclaimed by critics and uh, been named John's best song by several people. It was a smash hit in the charts. It reached number one on the US Cashbox Top 100, as well as the Canadian Top 100 single. Singles chart. It reached number two in the, on the Hot 100 uh, again in the US, the New Zealand charts, and was number f- and was the uh, made the fourth position of Australia's charts. It is a fantastic song. Uh, it was positively received by music critics at the time, uh, being described as quote delicate and beautiful by Janice Sh- Schart of Circus. And in 2010, Rolling Stone ranked it at number 380 in their list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. But just like I did on um, the uh, Pink Floyd Money song and Dark Side of the Moon album, I'm going to talk a little bit just quickly about the Goodbye Yellow Brick Road album. The album, like I said, was a very big hit for Elton John, over 76 minutes long. It had the singles Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, Benny and the Jets, and Candle in the Wind. You will hear Benny and the Jets uh, next week on next week's show. Just a bit of a, a spoiler for you there. In 2003, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road was actually inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. I am talking about the album here, just a heads up. The album was ranked number 91 on Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time and number 59 in Channel 4's list of 100 greatest albums. It was also included in the book 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die interesting title there so the album itself charted extremely well it was number one on both in both the uk and the us as well as number one here in australia and also made the number one position in canada it was an extremely successful uh, album in terms of sales as well it's being certified five ta- five times platinum meaning it sold over 350,000 units here in australia platinum in new zealand with 15,000 sales fifth platinum in the united kingdom with 300,000 sales and eight times platinum in the united states with over eight million sales it was an incredible album and this song goodbye yellow brick road is just one of many hits off of it it is incidentally enough also the song and album that elton john would title his farewell his farewell tour after naming it the farewell yellow brick road tour where he actually came near armadale in fact playing two songs uh, two shows excuse me in coffs harbor in february the latter half of the tour or the latter leg of the tour had to be postponed of course due to current circumstances but goodbye yellow brick road is actually the song that he closes out the show with so uh thank you so much for tuning in it will we will have 1974's show up and ready to go next week i look forward to you joining me then where we count down the bell where we play some of the best songs from 1974 and we'll talk a little bit about student life as well and potentially have an interview with somebody we will see what happens thank you for joining me on this nostalgia trip i hope that you have an amazing night get home safely if you are indeed still at work or if you are still out make sure to wash your hands and stay nice and warm in this chilly armadale weather i'll speak with you again soon this has been way back when on tune fm 106.9 and coming up now to finish things off we have goodbye yellow brick road by elton john himself when i go- 
can do that.